what happens when you are in the waiting room and your spouse is in surgery? Mm-hmm. Does the surgeon come out after every step and tell you what's going on? Today, I want to talk about what to say when. So what I mean by that is when we're communicating with our clients, especially seller clients, mm-hmm. it's very important that we think about what we tell them in what order and why. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to clarify before we go any further. As an agent, as a listing agent, selling agent, your job is to communicate all the information to your client so your client can make an informed and confident decision. Right. 100%. The question is not whether or not to tell the client something. The question is when and how to tell them something. So okay. I want to go through a scenario, a very recent scenario that I've been dealing with and share my strategic approach to communicating information to my clients so that you guys listening can have some different perspective on how you do this moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because it's very important and critically important, frankly, the way that you communicate to your client information, how they perceive it and how they make decisions. Because your job as a listing agent is to help your client sell the house, get the best price and the best terms you can get for them. Mm-hmm. Part of that equation involves helping the clients make decisions. Right. And the way that you present and convey information in the order and the timing in which you do so can impact the way they make decisions. So it's very, very important that you do it strategically. Mm-hmm. The situation that I'm discussing right now, or I'm explaining right now, has to do with, I listed a house on a Friday. Mm -hmm. By Sunday afternoon, I had four offers. Okay? So there's a lot of things happening between Friday morning and Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I sent into our group, The Modern Agent on Facebook, I sent into The Modern Agent Facebook group a little message and I said, hey you guys, I have several offers on my listing. What should I tell the seller? And I was just really interested to see how other people would can, you know, would approach this situation because there's a bunch of ways to do it. Obviously you can call the seller every time an offer comes in and tell them what it is. You can call the seller and tell the seller things are happening and you'll get back in touch with them and to hang tough. You can call the seller and make an appointment to meet with the seller and discuss everything. You can tell the seller there's offers or you can not tell the seller there's offers. Mm-hmm. And First of all, I want to say that there's not a right or wrong way to do this. But what's important to me as a modern agent is I want to be making the decision of what what to say when based on a strategy, based on strategic logic and tactical logic. So I want to kind of go through what, what, what my logic is. I saw one of the responses. I thought a lot of great responses, but one that keeps sticking out to me for whatever reason was the response was, I tell them everything right away because I would want to know. That's fair. It's certainly fair. It's, it's definitely a reasonable logic, Mm -hmm. but I, I challenged it a little bit and I said, okay, I get that. And I kind of feel the same way. I get that. But what happens when you get a surgery? What happens when you are in the waiting room and your spouse is in surgery? Mm hmm. Does the surgeon come out after every step and tell you what's going on? No, he doesn't. Just opened up the heart. Yep. Heart's not beating. Yep. Got the heart beating again. Just closed it up. Forgot my scalpel. Got to go back in. No, they don't tell you every step of the surgery. 
they tell you before it starts they tell you what's gonna what could happen what mm-hmm. the what the plan and the process is they tell you what happens in a worst case scenario then they tell you when it will be over mm-hmm. and they manage your expectations of what the chances are it's going to go well then when it's over hopefully he comes out or she comes out they clean their hands up and they say hey, everything went great and uh, I don't know, they're in recovery and we'll see you in an hour or of course you know the worst the bad side comes yeah. out but whatever the point is the doctor, the surgeon, isn't coming out after every five minutes and telling you what's going on. Is the surgeon being deceptive by not doing that? No. No? Absolutely not. What's What's he doing? He's just managing the deal. He's managing the surgery. He, he or she needs to focus. He managed expectations early. Right. Tell you what's going to happen. That's what he needs to do. And then he's going to give you the result at the end. Exactly. So... Now again, I'm not I'm not suggesting that that's how you manage a real estate transaction during offer negotiation. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there's a logic that you have to think through. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just so cut and dry that, you know, you just tell everybody everything right away. So, here's what I did. When the first of all, you know, showings come in, I have the showing set up to be sent to the seller so he knows when a showing comes and I have feedback set, sent to automatically go to him as well. So I know what information he's getting. I know he sees there's a lot of showings. I know he sees the feedback. So during the course of Friday and Saturday, I sent him some messages and saying, hey, great, we're getting great feedback, great traffic. At the end of Friday, he emailed me or texted me and he said, how, how do you think we did? I said, well, we got five showings. This is about a good, as good as it gets. This is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, great traffic, great exposure, great initial turnout. Uh, haven't gotten any offers yet, but we're getting good chatter on the radar. You ever heard of that? Yes. I love this com- I love this thing. Chatter on the radar. Mm-hmm. And what chatter on the radar means is things are happening. I'm working on things. I'm in communication with agents. And this is what I tell them too. And by the way, modern agents, you need to convey to your sellers that you're working. Because when they're sitting there and that, that crazy is in the green and moves into the yellow yep. a little bit, you let them know, hey, just want to let you know I'm, I'm on top of this. I'm working hard today for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm earning my milk bones today. I'll be in touch with you. There's a lot of things happening. Let me, let me do what I do. I'll get back to you tomorrow at 12 o'clock for an update. Now I brought that crazy back out of yellow, back into green. Yep. I've managed his expectations. He knows that I'm working on it. He feels great and secure with the fact that Logan is out there making things happen and working on the deal. Okay. Now offer comes in. It's a good offer. It's a great offer. Mm-hmm. First of all, the first thing that I'm doing before I even call the seller is I'm calling the other agents and doing my multiple offer dance. I'm doing my leverage dance. Hey, Lowell, just want to let you know, got an offer on the house and probably going to present it tomorrow afternoon. Please let me know where you're at. Hey, number two, number three, number four, same concert, you know, same conversation. Uh, I get two, then I get a third. Third one comes in. I'm talking to the third one about the first two, trying to leverage the third one into a higher offer. I'm going back to one and two, letting them know that I got three. Mm-hmm. You follow? Yeah. I'm playing the game. I'm doing the dance. Right. And I'm not negotiating on behalf of the seller directly. I'm not saying we're going to counter you at 475. What I'm saying is I'm doing the leverage dance so that these agents know that they need to get back to their buyers and do and think about coming back stronger or officially coming back stronger Create or whatever. a sense of urgency. Yep. Yep. Now, and I can say something to the effect of, Hey, Lowell, just want to let you know, I got two other offers on the table. So you should start talking to your buyer about their highest and best, because mm-hmm. that's probably what's going to be coming next. I can do that. It's not a counter offer. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get the three offers. It's, it's Sunday now. And you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. 
So I want to watch the Super Bowl. Seller wants to watch the Super Bowl. Agents and the buyers want to watch the Super Bowl. It's not going to be very advantageous to try to lock this all thing, this whole thing down tonight when everybody mm-hmm. is distracted. So I tell everybody, I'm meeting with the seller tomorrow at one o'clock, Monday at one o'clock or twelve o'clock or one o'clock. Okay, so I need I need to know what your best offers are before then. Mm-hmm. On Sunday afternoon, I told the seller we have offers to negotiate. We've sold the house. We just have to decide to which buyer. I'm very excited to share this with you. Let's meet at the office tomorrow at one. We'll go through everything. I like I like the term that you use there. We sold the house. We sold the house. We just got to pick which buyer right. we sold it to. That's I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like to convey some confidence. And some excitement. Once he hears that we sold, he can't wait to get in that office. He's probably showing up early with coffee for you. Right. He's excited. Yeah. That's what you really would want. Yeah. When you have a seller and you have multiple offers, your seller can either be excited and grateful or entitled. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. lot of how they how they feel is based on how you act. Right. So I want to create a situation where they feel excited. Right. Okay. If I call the seller and tell them every offer as it comes in, they start to feel more entitled. Mm-hmm. I've seen that before. And I'll try to give a good example. But entitlement versus gratitude are two different perceptions and perspectives. Those come from the way you communicate. Yes. All right. It's important. It's important that you help your client feel grateful and feel excited about mm-hmm. coming into watch. Now, the next thing that I did was I printed out every contract. Mm-hmm. I highlighted the price, the terms. I put them in order from lowest to biggest. Also, I communicated with buyers number two and three, or one and two, and asked them if they could give me their high. Asked them if their offer was their highest and their best offer. Okay. By the way, both of them were very high and escalating higher, and they were very high. But I wanted to, to see if they were their best. And so mm-hmm. I confirmed that number one and two were their best. And the number three was already higher. And it was yeah. way up there. And then, I'll, and then, by the way, on Sunday night, I get a message from another agent that wants to show it. She has a showing schedule for Monday at four. Mm-hmm. So I call her and I say, hey. 184 is not going to work. We're presenting highest and best Monday at one. So if you'd like to make this, if you'd like to be in the game, you need to do something. Mm -hmm. So she moved her showing from four o'clock to to nine o'clock AM. That's what a good modern agent does. Yeah. You make sure that you leverage every possible outcome without affecting the first three offers. Last thing I want to do is make three offers wait Mm -hmm. until after four o'clock. So another person can show it. Right. Not doing that. No. And sometimes you have to cut things off and sometimes you have to say no to, to buyers because you have to go with, with what you have and you can't, you have to be careful not to try in your, and even if it's in good hearted spirit to try to let everybody in, if it's going to affect what you have, you don't do that. Right. That's not in your seller's best interest. No. Now somebody might say, well, of course it is Logan. You got to let everybody in. That's not true. If you got three offers or four, you've got three offers on the table and a buyer wants to see the house eight hours later, that buyer needs to move. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't wait. You don't. You don't make three offers wait for one buyer to possibly get a fourth offer. Again, steal momentum, right? It's deal momentum, exactly. You got to maintain deal momentum, and you have to manage deal momentum for mm-hmm. your sellers. Also, for your sellers, you have to go through the process of making that call. You don't just cut it off and not say anything. Mm-hmm. You call that agent, say, "Can you, you need to move it up? Otherwise, you're not going to have a chance." Because then. They either do or they don't. If they do, they have their chance. If they don't, they weren't the buyer anyway. No mm-hmm. risk there. So okay. that works. No risk. Yep. However, if I don't do that, if I don't take that step and the buyer uh, agent or the seller comes in and I say, I got three offers for you. Here they are. And the seller might say, well, what about this showing at four? Maybe we should wait for that. Maybe we can get a better offer. Right. You don't want that. 
in right. the conversation. You want to minimize and eliminate variables for the seller so they can make a decision. Mm-hmm. Now, you follow? It's not about me. It's about the seller. If I leave that four o'clock showing on the table at four o'clock, I've put the seller in a position where he or she has doubt about making the decision. Let me repeat that. If I leave the showing at four o'clock, I put the seller in a position where the seller has reasonable doubt, some reasons not to make a decision at the table. So I've laid him up in a situation that's not ideal for him because he wants to make a decision. Yeah. So it's my job as the modern agent to minimize and eliminate these variables as much as I can control. And especially when, you, when you've when you already used that sense, we've sold the house. Mm-hmm. And if you allow that to happen, he's again, we're, we're trying to manage that crazy too because you get them excited, that crazy meter can go up along with that excitement. Sure. And then you have a whole nother problem on your hands. When I make this point, when I schedule this one o'clock appointment on Monday, it is my understanding and expectation that we're going to analyze the deals that we have and we're either going to negotiate one or we're going to pick one. Okay. We're not going to have another meeting later. Mm -hmm. So the modern agents need to approach these things, these situations like this with that closing intent in mind. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to help your client close on a decision, you have to eliminate the variables. So another variable that I eliminated was before the showing, I printed out the showing feedback for every showing that had occurred since we've opened the listing. Mm-hmm. And I called every single one of the agents that had not provided feedback that they weren't interested and confirmed that they weren't interested. Because when I talk to the seller and I say, here, seller, here's some offers. By the way, we've had 11 showings. Showings number two, three, four, six, eight, nine, and 10. All eight of these showings are not interested in the, in the house. We mm-hmm. know that for sure. So there's nothing else that we need to wait for or other information that we need to collect before we can make a decision. Mm -hmm. Small point, but very, very important, which is another reason why I don't call the seller after every showing and say up, down, up, down, up, down, left, right, BA, start. I don't do that. I say, look, let's meet at one o'clock. We'll analyze what the situation will go from there. So once I got all that feedback, I know that all the showings are either yeses or nos. By the way, the fourth, the agent on the nine o'clock wrote an offer. Okay. Okay. And she knew that there were three offers on the table. Okay. And she wrote her highest and best, which is what I explained to her she needed to do. I said, just bring me your highest and best right now because we're about to present. Yeah. Right. And her offer, by the way, was the fourth highest offer of all the other three. And was it still a good offer though? It was a great offer. Yeah. Yeah, All the offers were great. Yeah. Hers was the least great. Wow. But there's value in her offer. And here's the value that I got from this offer. Obviously, she's not the buyer. But she's the fourth data point. Mm-hmm. And also, she that offer helps to reinforce to the seller that the offer that he's going to take is the right offer. Because one of the things that I was able to say was, as I'm communicating these offers, I started with that one. I said, this is the offer that came in this morning. This is the offer that was made with the buyer and the agent knowing that there were three offers on the table. And this helps us to understand true market value because it's a mm-hmm. data point from somebody who's making a decision, giving it their all for what they think the house is worth, knowing that they're competing with three other buyers. This is mm-hmm. what market value actually is. This is how it's determined. So when I start with that, the, the seller has a really, really valuable piece of data to analyze. Mm-hmm. It really helps to reinforce what the true market value is because there's another data point that I that they wouldn't have had if I hadn't called the four o'clock up. So the cool thing about it was I said, here's the here's the offer from nine o'clock. <laughs> Not our buyer. Yeah. You know. 
da, 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 da. here's offer number two. This is a great offer. It's got this and this and this. It goes, escalates up to this. Chuck that one out. He's laughing. You know, he's having a great time. We're having a great yeah. time. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. This is fun. Here's offer number three. Boom, 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 boom. Can you believe it? And I said, and here's your buyer. You ready to meet your buyer? He says, I'm ready to meet my buyer. I present it. Boom, 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 boom. He says, wow, you're right. That's our buyer. I said, good. Let's sell the house. He said, great. Thank you. Done. 30,000 above list price. Dang. The buyer that bought the house was buyer offer number three, who, by the way, knew that there was buyer offer number one and number two. So I was able to skillfully leverage that deal to the highest above one and two without disclosing confidential information. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to number one and number two and gave them a chance to beat that, and they didn't. So I know true market value. Mm -hmm. You follow? Mm -hmm. So we find the right buyer out of four buyers out of 11 showings. We maximize the return for the seller. We pick a great buyer, great agent. Everything's great. Sell the house in three days. But the point of this whole conversation is the first time that the seller got to analyze the offers was in the same appointment in which he made a decision Mm -hmm. to take one. And that's how I like to do it. Because I was able to maintain the control of the decision process by laying out all the data, sitting just like you and I are sitting across Mm -hmm. from each other, analyzing data one, data two, data three, data four, eliminating all the other variables of all the other showings, the feedback, the future showings, moving those up, putting it in a position where there's nothing left to analyze, it's time to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I do it in a way that's exciting. I do it in a way that is a, a successful congratulations. It's we're sharing this moment together. And by the way, when he walks out of the office, How's he feeling about me? You just created a raving fan. Raving fan, which is what you're trying to shoot for as the client experience for your clients. You want them to become raving fans for you, which is important because it's how you make a living and you want them to feel good. You want them to refer and you want them to use you again and all those things. So win, 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 win. Now we sign that. I send it back. I pen the listing. The inspection is two days later. The closing is 35 days from now. 80% 80% conventional buyer. It's looking good. Big deposit. I know the agent. He's very professional. Everything is great. And now it looks easy. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're shooting for. Let's just do a quick, quick, uh, let's go down the other path. Yeah. Showing comes in. I tell the seller. Feedback's bad. Seller gets his feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Showing comes in. Feedback says maybe. Seller gets his hopes up. No offer comes. Seller goes crazy. Seller's disappointed. Seller's excited. Seller's disappointed. Seller's excited. Seller's disappointed. I tell them there's an offer. Seller's excited. Or disappointed, depending on what the offer is. Mm -hmm. He's offended. He's excited. He wants to take it. If I just showed him the first offer we got, he probably would have taken it. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, the first offer we got was like 20,000 or 25,000 above the listing price. Or, Or, okay, here's another way. Let me say it again. The first offer we got was X, but it escalated to say 20,000 over the listing price. Mm -hmm. What that means is, if you don't understand what that means, is it means that if another offer comes in that's higher, they will escalate above it. But what happens if another offer doesn't come in? It doesn't escalate. 
Right. Okay. So now what if I send an offer over to the seller that says, hey, here's full price. I'll go up to 20000 above full price if another offer comes in. And then another offer never comes in. How does that seller feel about me in the situation? Lousy. Yeah. Lousy. However, if that offer comes in at full price with $20,000 escalation and we have 10 more showings and then we meet on Monday and I say, this was great because they, they, they went nuts, but unfortunately the market was not able to, to determine that this house was worth any more than the full price, right. which by the way was our goal. Mm-hmm. The, the seller might be a little disappointed to see an escalation clause with no matching offer to escalate yeah. it. But at least at that point, the seller will know that the market is is telling him that he's lucky and should be grateful to have full price. Yeah. If I sent that to him the first minute I got it, between that minute and the minute we meet on Monday, he's coming in with a whole different experience. Right. He's coming in with incredible disappointment. He's disappointed. Yeah. He's let down. He's frustrated. He got excited and then he got disappointed. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do that. Now you'll notice in both of these situations, I told the seller every piece of data. I didn't withhold anything from the seller. It's just a matter of when and how. Right. What to say when. So it's chatter on the radar. Things are happening. I'm working hard today. I think we got us a buyer. Let's meet up at one o'clock to discuss it. Okay. Bring your confetti. You know? Yeah. I need some donuts and some coffee. Bring them in. Make it happen. Let's go. go. I don't say that, but um, I think it's very important. And in conclusion here, I want the agents listening to really, really think about what you say and when you say it and why. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, I will support any decision you make in terms of how to present information and in what order and what time. So long as that decision was made through a lens of strategic logic. Mm -hmm. That's what's important. Always when you're dealing with your clients, you need to be strategic about what you are telling them and when and why you're making those decisions. Because the lens through which you make that decision should be, it's not what you would want. It's what's best for the client in their transaction. Right. Go get them. Go get them.